Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie. What's up today? Oh, what's up? I'm up, Barbara. I am up. Welcome to episode 326 of the Groom Pod, recorded on February 6th, 2022, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by listener support through Patreon and the donation button on our website and through our kind sponsors Best Shot, Evolution Shears, Show Season. Groomore and Stazco. This week on the Groom Pod, we're going to talk about ear cleaning stuff. We'll have an eye groom update. This week, what's new is brought to you by Groomore. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groomore is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. What's new, Barbara? Well, I'll tell you what's new. I have a new human hair dryer at my table. Oh, I bit the bullet and bought a very expensive, the brand is Ion and the type is Turbo. So here was the deal. I have my table outside of the bathing room, but sometimes I would like to be able to actually fully dry a dog at my table well, in order to do teamwork, it, it would be helpful if I could do more drying at my table than what I can do with my 10-year-old, you know, Connie or whatever it is that I have, which is a, a good dryer. So I saw this new dryer on the market that was a turbo dryer, and it had a flat attachment kind of like what I like to use on the high velocity dryer. I said, oh, that's interesting. And it also had a magnetic diffuser attachment for curly hair. Oh. So I thought, well, this that might be good. Like doodles. Like for doodles. Or yesterday I did a dog. I finished drying a dog that was um, our woodle. A Wheaton doodle? Yeah, a Wheaton Doodle that actually has a coat that's become very tightly curled. They like that curly look, and I wanted to preserve that curly look. Previously, what we would do, it like with Legotos, is to partially blow dry them and then finish them in a cage drying or uh, on with fans, right? And I said, well, no. Bring her to me, and I'll finish her. Now, the good news is that this woodle is more like the size of a cockapoo. Well, that's nice. 
Yeah, she's a really nice size. She's a really sweet dog. I use the diffuser dryer. I'm very impressed with this dryer. It has a hot, hot air setting. And that with the amount of, the kind of greater amount of airflow, I can really actually dry docked at my, on my table. And this diffuser worked really good on the curly hair. I could just put it right up close and just wave it gently. And I dried the rest of the dog in like eh, 10 minutes at the most. It was really nice. And um, I'm glad that I purchased it. It has one big major drawback. And that's that it doesn't fit in my third arm cradle. Bummer. It won't fit. It's too short. It, the barrel is too short. But it's very lightweight. And because it has the more pressure, uh, volume, air volume. CFMs? Yeah, CFMs or something. It can be used almost like a high-velocity dryer and just by itself, then with an occasional brushing or Pinello comb work. It's uh, it's working pretty good, and I'm satisfied with it. And it's going to increase my flexibility of what I can do at my table. And I still have my older working... Uh, Connie or whatever that red thing is that <laughs> that fits in the cradle that I can use alternately as a, uh, a fixed air dryer, like a stand dryer. Do you think that you can use this method to correct the hurried drying that's happening in your bathing room sometimes? Yes. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be even better because when I put the reducer nozzle on and, the, and these attachments are like magnetic, you just put it up to the front of the dryer. And actually, it has pretty good force when you just use it without any attachments. And it has a, a cool shot, a cold shot button. So if the heat gets to be, you think, uncomfortable for the dog you can give it a cold shot and you can dry cool for a few minutes or for a minute and then go back to heat drying so it's got a lot of flexibility it's not perfect but I think it's really nice and I'm going to bring it home and try it on my own hair (laughs) because I never use a dryer on my hair because it just takes the curl right out but I think that this dryer might Uh, might be able to do the job so I won't have to sit around waiting for my hair to air dry is it the black one it is black oh 2200 watts there's your key most of them are 1875 so this one is a this one is a hotter hot it's ceramic it's ionic wow neat Barbara oh and look at that fancy uh squeeze down nozzle and the diffuser thing. So with the diffuser yeah. thing, which looks like a big, long, like it has brush teeth on it, do you just put that into the hair and kind of move it around? No, I just put it up to the head. Okay. You, I mean, you could put it on, but you don't need to get that close. I just put it to the head. And, and then you can see the air going through the coat. 
Neat. Yeah, it's neat. It's it's just like pretty cool. So then I had one other thing to share with you uh, that happened yesterday. I had a major hand stripping uh, miracle that I pulled off yesterday. Ooh, ah, do tell. Like I had gotten a message from a new client that has a border terrier that is six years old and not hand stripped, and he wants to start hand stripping. So was the dog previously clippered or previously untouched? Clippered. This is a challenge. This was a challenge. And so I was very forthcoming with him that we couldn't promise to be able to do it and that it might take several months, even a year to bring in a new coat. It's a good thing to manage their expectations right off the bat. Right off the bat. And then they came in and I repeated that to the wife who brought the dog in and she was nodding and yes, she got it. And the dog looked like a terrier mix with long hair around its face and a long beard and long ears were hanging down. And uh, it was kind of silver gray-ish on the back, long uh, kind of fine hair. And when I tried to pluck it with my bare fingers, it didn't want to pluck very easily. I said, oh, I don't know how much we'll get out, but we're going to rake him out real good and get rid of some of that undergrowth and start stimulating some new uh, hair. And then I'll pluck what I can in a reasonable amount of time. And I had no idea if he was going to be a good boy or not. The dog was very good And when I got on the table using my gloves and my, you know, I have another stone that I use that's a horse grooming block that's like a lava stone. It's much more loose than a pumice stone. So it's softer and I can just dredge out a lot of coat with that. And I just started going for it and it came out oh nice I was just like i can't believe it it he got it went from having like three inches of coat on his back to having like a half an inch and that's exactly what i wanted to do and i could see i'm just so psyched and i put an actual border terrier head on him and He's a border terrier under there. <laughs> he looked fat and too chunky. I took that coat off and he doesn't look too bad. The man, the wife, and the kid, they were like jumping up and down. They were so happy with their border terrier looked like a border terrier. And uh, <laughs> I, you know what, Susie? That's, that's why I do it. Oh, for sure. You know, it was so satisfying and I, I highly recommend getting a horse block, cut it into small pieces that fit right in your hand, and just use that until it just kind of disappears as nothing it, to do bulk stripping out. Did you pinch against it? Yeah, you use your thumb and you pinch and you, you pinch okay. and pull. You just pinch and pull and pinch and pull. And you don't, you don't try to take out a lot of hairs but um you go quickly and eventually you know i got a good basket full of hair off of the dog they were amazed (laughs) and um no pictures though 
I, you know, I'm kicking myself now that okay. I don't didn't take a before picture. I'm actually going to contact the people and see if they have any uh, pictures of uh, Diesel. Was his name Diesel? <laughs> of Diesel in full coat um, because uh, it went so much better than I thought. And next time in, uh, we'll work on more on the head and more. I did strip the ears. Um, and I used the, uh, the special little stripping knife that I got from Skip, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Skip, what's his name? Good old Skip, what's his name? <laughs> Good old Skip, who's a, an Airedale breeder handler. Uh, and he's manufactured these special stripping stones. And uh, the small one worked real good on head work. So I'm able to do more head work stripping than I was previously. And the ears, I got the ears all done. So that'll come in good. I'm just really psyched on being able to to exceed my own expectations for this turnaround i'm gonna be able to turn that coat around that's exciting and, uh, and that's exciting it's it just a kind of it's that kind of stuff just keeps me going so i get it that was that was my week that was my week okay my week <clears throat> i did a little thing i got a horse which is i realize this is not a horse not grooming a, and podcast that not, <laughs> and that's not a little thing no he's kind of big <laughs> I, uh, yeah, compared to my Arab and also my Tennessee Walker, who was both of them under, well, they were 15. This horse is 15'3", but he feels like 16'3 when you sit up there. Holy cow. And he's got so much body to him. Like you could put a camper shell on the back of him and go along. <laughs> he's just huge. But he's very lovable. And I think it's going to be a nice fit. But, um, you know, I completely have to think about what I did this week because my horse brain has clicked in and my other brain has not even been engaged for like the whole week ever since and I rode him yesterday and he's delightful and I'm excited to get him home but it'll be a couple weeks so we'll have to go through this Susie having horse brain again (laughs) sorry guys (laughs) so I'm doing a class I'm giving a class and uh thanks to Barbara I'm gonna present uh PowerPoint that she put together, and it's going to be fun, but I thought part of my responsibility for the class is to share the information. So I'm going to share the information here on our podcast because, you know, it's a good venue, right? Right. (laughs) Okay. Yes, we can. (laughs) Yeah, true. You've got a point. Uh, It's a seminar, or what are they calling it? They're calling it a summit, I think. I don't know where that term... Well, has... summit started with um, with Mary Aquendo. Um, they're all summits. That just means when you have several speakers on a topic area. Okay. Or several speakers. <laughs> okay. So it's uh, the Washington Association of Professional Pet Groomers. Well, this is our first online summit to raise money and awareness of our association. It's Sunday, February 27th, and we've got a bunch of different speakers. We've got uh, Brittany Canto with Hand Stripping 101. That was what Barbara was just talking about, so it kind of ties in there. And then uh, Heather um, Bloomquist 
Well, I don't want to tell you everything. And there's a there's just a bunch of classes. Let's leave it at that. There's a bunch of classes. Uh, one, two, three, something four, for five. Something for everybody. Something for everyone. Five different presenters. Uh, it'll be good. It's fairly inexpensive. And there's a link to it on the podcast feed. So if you're interested, go there or PM me and I will hook you up. So uh, there. Now my duty is finished <laughs> on that one. <laughs> uh, I still have to share in the groups, but... Um, Still, there, I did something. Anyway, so this week, actually this Christmas, one of my groomers' offspring has developed an interest in grooming. One of my groomees, one of my, uh, one of my client's grandchildren has become interested in grooming. And for Christmas, she got a table and a dryer and all kinds of stuff that we picked out for her. And I'm so excited. And it's Buddy's human sibling. Buddy, the Bichon that has the long tongue and likes to sit in the bag and also has horrible, horrible, horrible PTSD. She's been brushing him every day. He didn't have a tangle in him, which puts the pressure on me because now he has three inches of coat and I had to make a Bichon out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I did okay, Barbara. I thought, you know, I went and reviewed some of the stuff we had done many years ago and trying to, because you've been coaching me on this whole proper Bichon thing for many years now and the truth is I'm not a great scissor so I'll never look really good but the profile itself he came out really really cute they wanted me to take his visor a little shorter so he didn't have a really nice visor kind of a shape to his head but all in all I did okay and I scissored his legs and they didn't look like pointy toes or anything so you would have been proud of me Barbara I thought of you the whole time I was channeling you it's really cool and I so hope she's in she's working as a vet assistant so uh, the Uh assistant to the tech and she's likes the hospital environment and everything but I keep telling her that grooming is the way to go because I really want more grooming and she would have a way better time and, you know, not deal with as many sick things or as many, no offense, crazy veterinarians as you can end up with. So it was just thrilling to see her so excited and to see it coming through on the dog. In another case, though, the people at home doing things to their dog, not so good, not so good. My new Shih Tzu puppy. With the yeah. nervous Shih Tzu sister, right? Where yeah. the well, I'm not so sure the dogs are nervous. I'm now suspicious of what's going on at home, because I got there and the new puppy, who is a sable and has this adorable black muzzle, she couldn't see past all the hair sticking up in her face. Because I had a little bit of a difficult time, but it's an eight week visit, so I was not overly aggressive, and the hair had grown out. I think they are manhandling this dog trying to get the hair out of between her eyes because I went to try and get the hair out of this perfect puppy who I groomed last time without any problem and the dog fought me tooth and nail with his head and of course she has huge wrinkles and I don't want to miss and nick the top of a wrinkle and I fought with her and I and I'm I had to take a step back I'm like okay she's not ready for this I may not get these eyes done I may not get that hair out of there and then I worked with her and I did everything else on the dog and she was fine for everything else. And I started to think, yeah, they tried to get that hair out and they wrestled with her and they wrecked her for me. They wrecked my puppy. So I, so I went in and I, I know that feeling. Oh, I went in and I had a talk with them and I said, if 
The hair is too much for you. Please just call me. I'm in the neighborhood all the time. I'll come over because right now we're setting the tone for the next 15 to 17 years. Their dogs always live a long time. So I I don't want to have a wrestling match with your dog every time I have to get the hair out of her eyes. Surprise! Go there and I have a completely different dog to groom and I know why now. I know why. And I like these people and I think I can coach them up. I'm hoping I can coach them up. I didn't realize they were the problem till, till this time, though. But, you know, puppies are a delight. I forget, because I don't do them that often, how much joy it is to groom a cooperative puppy who is curious and loving and just wants to be in your lap and give you kisses even though you're trying to brush them. I mean, it can be frustrating, but when you start them like that, like the standard poodle Thank you, standard poodle lady. She's too long. I did her in a yellow comb. She's too long. They called me to come back. (laughs) These are my kind of people. This is why I took this dog. (laughs) I'm happy about it. So I'm going to do the little standard poodle. She was so cooperative and full of love and fabulous. And Archie, the doodle that's moving in June. So I've got end dates on like four dogs now. I've got one with pancreatic cancer that's going out. Maybe did the last groom on him, gave him a big kiss and a cuddle and made him look adorable, but I could tell. Uh, And they discovered a big mass. So that one's, uh, yeah, that one's a goner. And then uh, Archie the Doodle is leaving in June. They actually have the moving truck coming. So I can wipe that doodle off my books, the last of my bigger, well, he's a puppy, but he'll eventually be bigger. So he's going to Anchorage. And then... I've got two Shih Tzus moving across the mountains, so they're going out. So my schedule is lightening up. I even have today off. Um, it's good. I, I'm feeling better about grooming. I don't have anybody on the books I don't want to go to. Not that I ever had anybody I really didn't want to go to, but I had challenges that were stressing me out, and I didn't realize it. So hooray for me. <laughs> but that was my grooming week filled with puppies. Doesn't get any better than that. I did a I did a puppy um, makeover home grooming <laughs> yesterday. That's fun. <laughs> uh, it was a poodle puppy, and um, Dad had tried to groom it, and it had a skin well to, to the skin neck, and then just choppy work uh, all rest of the place. So Dad had tried and rather failed and I kind of knew that going in she told me you know like and the puppy was somewhat of a handful and but I was able to give it a shortcut over I think I use a lavender lavender comb Uh and blended backwards I clipped backwards up around that that bare neck to sort of like make it be less noticeable. (laughs) And then I had quite a bit of a problem around the face. And this dog actually gets mouthy. Mm. And uh, I mean, it's unusual that poodles do. So I also wondered what had gone on with dad. Yeah. That that might've been unfortunate for both of them. Yeah. I'm hoping that they'll be kind of be regular, but I'm not banking on it. <laughs> you know, like they, they just didn't seem like that kind of people. They seemed like want it short. And then when it gets way out of hand, 
they'll bring it back in and we'll take it from wherever it is and I'll just do the best I can and sometimes these puppies kind of outgrow that initial facial fear and you know what Susie's my experience with Shih Tzu's is that they are the most likely to have facial fear I think that's why I do so many of them I think that they I think that they just have poor depth perception or something I think it's in the breed. Okay. And I I do. I think it's in the breed because I because four out of five dogs that I had we had a Shih Tzu in that we couldn't touch. Yeah. The other day that Dave couldn't. Oh. Handle and Dave handles almost anything. And by the way, Dave ended up grooming the dog that bit Yvonne. Yeah, you told us that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So those were both Shih Tzus. You know, I think there's chitsus can be real problematic. Yeah. If they're not uh, started out right, and sometimes even if they are started out right. So I I wasn't able to do a lot on the face of this puppy, but I was able to do I was able to shorten on the sides of the cheeks, and so then it had kind of a big, uh, fluffy muzzle, which was cute. Yeah. I just couldn't, I just reached a point where I thought we were going to have diminishing returns and the more stress on the dog that it was worth it just to trim the mustache. Yeah. You know, I said, yep. Okay. It's going to go out like this. Looks a little Asian. Fits, I, suits me. I hope they are okay with it. Bye. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of Shih Tzus. I'm, I'm good at them and I understand them pretty well. I don't often get a puppy that won't let me get in there at least to start with. So I was surprised. Yeah, and of course she yeah, was so cooperative yeah. last time. Oh, she's pretty. Yeah. She's so pretty. And she has puppy breath still and they've wrestled her. Oh, I know. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, okay. let's, so let's yeah. go moving along. Moving along. Room <laughs> pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the Max. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Controversial topic. Do you clean every single dog's ears? No. I used to. 
I used to too. I used to until I attended the class with the veterinary dermatologist. And she not only advised us to lighten up with the hair plucking, but uh, following that, there was another article by a dermatologist, veterinary dermatologist that said even cleaning, uh, what I definitely don't do anymore is put cotton in their ears at the tub. I used to do that. I was trained to do that to every single dog. Sometimes a dog would come in a month later and still have a lot of cotton in its ear. Yikes. Um, <laughs> and that definitely tends to push down debris down deep into the ear where it can cause a, an infection. And that's the problem with cleaning dog's ears, that if you aren't careful, you can do more harm than good. So if the ear is nice and whitish and clean looking after the bath, I don't usually bother with it. And I lost a good customer with two dogs that they claimed got ear infections after their grooming that made me kind of step up some of my cleaning procedures and buying some new product. What have you? Yeah. What about you? I also, when you told us about that class you went to at the dermatologist, and then I talked to some of my vet friends as well, and I still am getting mixed information from them. None of them are dermatologists though. So they're just regular practicing vets. Um, I unfortunately groom three of their dogs and they do want me to clean the dog's ears no matter what. So I was very lax these last few, probably last couple years and not, not cleaning ears. I look in there, but if there's not excessive wax, I've been leaving it. Well, now I've started back a little bit more cleaning the little bit of wax that I was leaving in the dog's ears because I want the people to know that I'm looking at their dog's ears at least. So if I'm seeing any wax in there, I'm getting it out. What I don't do anymore or rarely if ever do is take a Q-tip into the dog's ears anywhere other than the wrinkles inside. But I used to because I was at the vet hospital and they wanted me to, but I also have learned that that does smash stuff down farther and isn't really the right way to go. Sometimes if I've been referred the client from my vet, then they want me to do a full ear cleaning. I do flush the ears. That's the way I'll do it now is I just do what they tell the owners to do when you're at the vet hospital is pour the ear cleaner in, swish it around, and then let them shake it out and then wipe out the exterior of the ears. But it is a lot less for me than I used to do. I used to go in there and get everything out of the inner ear canal and pick all the hairs out and clean everything to within an inch of his life. And I realized I might have been irritating the ears as I was doing it. So... I'm less is more now, although kind of refocusing and not skipping them anymore. So where in the process do you do your ear cleaning? Either in the tub or uh, after the bath. I want to do it after the bath because I, use, I like to use a product that contains some alcohol, which will displace any moisture that has gotten down into the ears. So it helps Me too. The then dry out. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's a way to he help prevent 
ear infection from happening. Um, and the dermatologist told us not to worry too much about water getting in the ear because they would normally shake it out. But I'm on your side, though. I'm doing it now in the bathtub at the end of the bath so that it, uh -huh. the drying agent does what it's supposed to do. And I have not had a complaint about any ear issues for a very long time. I was disappointed, and I need to contact those people. They were good customers, and they were kind of friends of mine, too. I feel badly. They didn't say that they were leaving me. They just said they weren't going to have the dogs groom until after the ears cleared up. I and take I it back. Heard back. I had the same thing happen with a Westie puppy. Now it's been, they're normally in eight week. It's been three months now. And you just reminded me that I haven't heard from Gypsy, who also somewhere in between that eight weeks ended up with an ear infection. I, mean, I don't think they were blaming me, but it's possible. That's why I haven't heard back from them. So interesting. I guess I have had an ear thing happen. <laughs> and, you know, you have to remember that sometimes it's not unusual for the vets to throw the groomer under the bus. Yeah, I know. I've heard that. Luckily, the guys I work with don't generally do that, but I don't know where they're going. So yeah. You don't know where they're going, yep. and you don't know what that office, what that clinic, what their attitude towards groomers is. And I do know that Westies do have some allergies yeah. and things allergies that go on, and, things, and yeah. she's about a year and a half now, so it would be about when they would start to show up. So I'm not discounting any of it at this point. I'll see if they call. So what kind of uh, ear cleaning products do you like? I'm using the Lisa Lady ear cleaner that has the blue stuff in it that they said wasn't really very good. I love that ear cleaner, though. I love it. Who said it wasn't very good? I re it has something in it. Yeah, Jensen, Jensen Violet. Yeah, that's the stuff. But that's I don't know if that was why there was some controversial ingredient in there. I don't know. I think the Lisa Lady ear cleaner is very good. It's I love it. A little, it's a little bit costly. Oh, yeah. And uh, so what, you know, I was using it while I was buying it wholesale and selling it. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I, I stopped that because I wasn't really selling much. Uh -huh. And I went back to using a product that's very similar called Liquid Health. Uh, Liquid Health is the brand ear cleaner. And it's also based on that old internet recipe that uses alcohol and Jensen Violet. And there might be an acidic element. I don't know. I didn't write down the ingredients right. per se. But I do know that the Liquid Health product utilizes uh, colloidal silver. Oh, and it's cheaper, and I can get it off of Amazon. In fact, it's cheaper on Amazon than it is on the Liquid Health website itself. You can buy a like sixteen ounce bottle for eleven dollars and something. That's good. Whereas on the website, it's fifteen dollars. Is it is it like a an oily one or is it a more of a liquidy one? No, it's a liquid. It's like an alcohol based cleanser and that's kind of what I want on healthy ears I'm not going to use alcohol on an ear that's already irritated and 
broken skin, but I'm not going to use much of anything on that ear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave those ears alone and tell the people they need to see the vet. Uh, if it's, you know, if there's signs of an infection, or I might suggest that they use the enzymatic. What is the brand name of that stuff? Uh, you know what I mean. No, you don't. Zymox? Zymox. See, I, I, did, I did know. I knew. I get a See, point. I think Zymox is, is a very good uh, remedy. And actually, these Blue Magic kind of cleaners, though, they're good ear treatments, too, that are antibacterial, antifungal, and drying. The cost doesn't bother me as much as the when I forget to do the ears and the dog is white and I have to do them after the bath and then they turn a little blue on the inside and then I have to explain that I waited to clean the ears and they're a little blue. I've had to do that a few times, but that's my own error. It's no fault of the ear cleaner. (laughs) Yeah, that's my only downfall for that. And like I said, sometimes I'll flush ears, but mostly I use a cotton ball that's in half and I have a dispenser like at the doctor's yeah. office that I push on and the ear cleaner comes up and then it has a cap that keeps it safe from my grooming environment. And that's kind of what I've been doing. How do you do it? Well, I usually do it direct into the ears and smush it around. The flushing? Yeah, the flushing okay. system. That That's the way that the vet, the dermatologist vet recommended that we clean the ears my guys too yeah what do you do for the wiping bit cotton pads like makeup cotton pads yeah yeah okay so i'm i just use cotton balls because they're easy but i've never tried the cotton pads yeah i like the pads better because they're thinner and i seem to have more i just like them better and i i tried the bamboo reusable makeup pads yes well it didn't work i mean i they didn't ever come back from the washing was a nice thought yeah the staff didn't like them and so they just they just kind of it just didn't work Uh, it would have been okay if i was at the tub and i was doing it and i was collecting they even came with their own little laundry bag so you put the dirty ones in this little burlap bag and then you just washed them in the bag well it sounds good sounded so sustainable yeah and healthy and good but uh not so I much. I could never find them. Yeah, not so much. They just didn't. They didn't get washed and brought back. It just. Uh, they just kind of disappeared. And so there you go. There it's you like, go. Just, you know, like oh, this isn't working. So I bought a bunch of cotton rounds. Yeah. Where do you get and, them, Sally? Or do you just go to the dollar store? Or? Well, I could anywhere. I mean, I I do Sally when I'm at Sally's, and I do the dollar store when I'm at the dollar store, and then if not, I got a bunch of them off of Amazon that were on sale or something. Excellent. All right. Well, let's move on to our next subject. Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved Evolution shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. 
Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos or give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. Everyone's been wondering what's going on with iGroom, including us. So Barbara made a phone call to find out. Tell us what you learned, Barbara. Well, Susie, I had a long talk. I mean, it was over an hour conversation with Jennifer Lee. And, you know, I just love her. She's nice. She's nice and she's very forthcoming. And we talked about their current status of the company. And she doesn't really think in terms of that they sold out their company. They allowed their company to be assimilated into a larger corporation, which is the Nexus Corporation. So it's big and it is the same company that bought out Chris Christensen and Nature Specialties. Wow, they're really going after the market. Well, yeah, and what has happened is that the supply chain problems that we hear about and and see on TV, they have really impacted these smaller shampoo manufacturers bad. And so uh, Jennifer described it just an agonizing process of not being able to obtain the ingredients for her products and it just went on and on it wasn't like a two-week delay it was an indefinite delay on some see some of the companies in china and taiwan and these other countries the people that made the ingredients went out of business or had to shut down during the COVID pandemic, having such an impact on their people. And that started this backlog of supply and demand. And the demand greatly exceeded the ability of the suppliers to provide resources or the bottom line ingredients. Yeah, especially with iGroom where it exploded. It just exploded on the market with so much interest and and great products. That was a part of the problem that Jennifer described to me is that they put so much of themselves into building the company that they actually created an elephant they could not ride. Yeah, I could see why. Everybody was using it. Creating an elephant you can't ride, that's kind of my way of describing a situation that you build that you can't maintain. And Alex and Jennifer were working 14, 16 hours a day after day, week after week, month after month, building this business and then managing the crises that the pandemic brought about to the entire industry. And I'm sure that those stresses were involved in the other assimilations of like nature specialties and Chris Christensen. That makes perfect sense. And the larger company 
the Nexus Corporation, they have priority in obtaining the ingredients that are needed because they order in such huge quantities. So they're a, a, a prioritized buyer. Whereas Little Eye Groom that uses very sophisticated ingredients, especially in their additive area. The special parts of the shampoo? The special parts of the shampoos that make for their individual character and identity and function. Not so much the primary players like the shampoo base, but the embellished goods that create, you know, like the prebiotic. And Jennifer said that the whole silicone situation was just like horrendous. You could not get the identical same silicone one month that you had a previous month. And so that caused them to need to have a little leeway in what they put in the bottle, not in terms of dramatically changing the entire formula, but just substituting very similar ingredients, similar to similar, right? If it's month to month changes, you can't very well put that on your bottle every month. I mean, labeling is expensive. Here's the deal about labeling, and this helps to explain it all. Although there is no legal requirement that pet shampoo manufacturers disclose all their ingredients, once you put a ingredient on a label, you must have that ingredient in the bottle. Well, that would make it challenging if you can't get that ingredient next month. If you can't get that ingredient next month, you have to change the labels. Well, guess what? There is a backlog with the labeling. She couldn't even get labels quickly. She used to be able to get labels in two weeks. Then it was like two months, maybe three. And what the fuck? You know, like um, it, it became so stressful. And just so uh, crazy and unpredictable and uncontrollable that it was an enormous pressure on them. The supply chain problem, the big, huge growth, they now sell in 20 countries, I grew. And it's two years old? What, three years old? Yeah, I mean, it's such a short time to go so big. Unlike something like, show season that started out small and gradually grew and grew and grew. Plus show season also used to, and still does do filling for other companies and other products and human products. And so they have, they have a wider scope of ingredients that they keep available, but this was just excruciating for them. And Alex and, Jennifer reached a point where they had to reassess what's important in their lives. Kind of like I'm doing now with the injury to my shoulder and the drop in the big dog. Kind of like what you're doing only brought about by all these kind of external, external stressors, not so much the internal, 
But uh, yeah, there, there was just a point where they had to say, what's important in our lives? How do we want to spend the next five years? Do we want to spend it working 14 to 16 hours and have no life with our families and what have you? No, they just made a decision that when they were approached by Nexus to assimilate, it came at the perfect time for them to say, let's do that. So does that mean they're not involved at all? No, that doesn't mean that at all, because they were assimilated. So they are now employees of the bigger corporation, and they still have the duty of overseeing the iGroom brand. Okay. Okay, so they're still very much involved in the iGroom, and they have had to temporarily generalize their ingredient list to some extent and create this proprietary this and proprietary that, so they would have room for some of those very special additives to be uh, substituted with other very similar ingredients. They seem like the kind of people that if you had an issue and you wanted to know what was in a specific run of their shampoo, they would probably tell you because they've never hidden their ingredients. No, well, yes and no. Some of them they do kind of want to keep under wrap because that's another kind of fact of life uh, is that there's a lot of espionage, knockoff, Look at Davis Manufacturing. Yeah. They knock off everything. Right. Almost every one of their products has been knocked off from somebody, some other, you know, either a medical, a veterinary formula that existed out there. They knocked it off and created their version, you know, of a benzoyl peroxide shampoo, say, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, they even tried to knock off the original blueberry facial and blueberry the blueberry girls had to sue them to maintain their brand integrity um and not allow that but <clears throat> that's all kind of internal uh grooming industry and that yeah, happens yeah and it happens in every yeah. industry because i worked in the gift and decorative gift and decorative accessories industry and at the gift show the other like department 56 and all those other guys they would come in with their sneaky cameras and take pictures of the newest and best ornaments and then go knock them off the next year yeah yeah that kind of stuff happens yep and it happens in the grooming industry and it's one of the forces that kind of keeps the cloak over the disclosure of ingredients companies are afraid to when they come up with a new product um they're afraid to to say exactly what's in it that it'll be knocked off immediately or soon and um and also i groom sunk a lot of money into the prebiotic line um that was it was so innovative and it's so sophisticated and has expensive ingredients. And those ingredients just became harder and harder <laughs> to find. That's no good. Uh, so that's no good. So that 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 was a, a part of the, the whole uh, stress, which they lightened immensely by allowing this 
this transition. So now they can be devoted in developing new products again because they couldn't even grow their company anymore because they couldn't even hold it together. Plus, Jennifer confessed that she's just not cut out for dealing with problems on Facebook and doing face-to-face customer service. She's a groomer. She's a groomer. She's a, she's an entrepreneur, but she's not a customer service person. And um, she just doesn't have the skills for that. And it's, and so she let that go. And the, corporate's taking care of that now now do we do we know if chris christensen did the same thing or if theirs went a little bit differently because there have not been the greatest results with their transition i don't feel like that will happen to jennifer because i think she's more involved but i'm curious yeah i don't know you know i i don't think that Lisa and Chris Christensen are still involved with the brand. Okay. Well, that would um, make sense. But I, but I do know that with iGroom, part of the deal was not to mess with the formula, was that Nexus didn't want to mess with the formulas. They think that iGroom has created a great line and they want to keep everything just as close to the original as possible, given the fluctuation in basic resources, okay? I'm not familiar with Nexus as a name of products, so I'm guessing it's a salon brand because, you know, I don't go in there. Is it a salon brand? Or is it in, it's obviously not a grocery store brand because that's where I would see it. (laughs) The company that iGroom has merged with is Nexus, N-E-X-U-S, Brand Groups, Inc., which is a umbrella company that specializes in e-commerce and in Amazon selling, period. It's not what I thought. When I first heard it was Nexus, I assumed falsely that it was N-E-X-S-U-S, the shampoo and cosmetics company. It's not that. And that's why I assumed that they could have a better supply uh, of ingredients and all of that sort of thing. The Nexus group has nothing to do with the ingredients, the supply, and that sort of thing. It has a lot to do with marketing on Amazon and providing successful marketing on Amazon. So the good news is that iGroom is now on Amazon. And uh, we'll follow this and answer your questions about it as we can. What I want to reassure iGroom customers is that The products have not significantly changed in any way. None of the changes in the products have been significant. The labeling has been changed only to accommodate the 
pandemic situation and the supply chain problems that exist right now. And it, it's hopefully gonna be a temporary change. And iGroom still has an intention to disclose as much information as possible at any time. And she's hoping that this is just going to be a short-term uh, situation. And we'll, we'll find out. I mean, yeah, sure, she could be just saying that, even to me. But we'll find out. Yep. Meanwhile, we have this company that's bringing to our industry superior products that are the closest to human products that we've seen at a top shelf price, yes, but not out of reach, not an out of reach pricing. And we have a groomer who became a competition star who turned that into a company that she herself started and founded and managed. I do, and, and, and she's an Asian groomer. So there's racial diversity in there that I love. I, wa I want everybody to be in this industry. <laughs> I want this industry to, I, I, wa I want it to be uh, less white bread, if I may say so. So Alex and Jennifer are very committed and very personable. They're just delightful people to have in our industry with their vision and their dedication. And I want to continue to support that company. Period. Period. <laughs> Period. <Right>. Jinx. <laughs> All right. Just give me one more moment of your time here. We love our sponsors, like Show Season. Let me tell you about my favorite Show Season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush outs too. Show Season carries Barbara's Essential Oil Blends and Mellow Pet Shampoo, Blueberry Products, Delicious Colognes, Hemp Products, a Feline Line, Spa and Natural Options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. And that's going to do it this week for the Groom Pod. We will discuss private parts another day. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Ooh, I wanted to talk oh. about testicles and I know. stuff. <laughs> I know you love to say asshole, so... <laughs> we'll save that for next week. Just <laughs> because I was afraid to even say that for so many years. Yes, well, we yeah, embrace so. it here. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for being here. Remember to support our sponsors and support your podcasters by tipping us at the Patreon account or at our donation button on our website. Have a great week, and we will talk to you again next time on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Hey, take care of yourselves. <laughs>